Welcome to the Dealing with Goliath podcast. This is a solo espresso episode that I call Giving Value by Trying Not to Give Value. Right, so I was thinking about this the other day. This was one of the most common issues when I was coaching coaches on how to coach. Uh, I was guest lecturing at, uh, in a master's in coaching program in Ireland, which was great fun, actually, some great people. And some of that involving some mentoring and whatnot. <laughs> but this was easily the most common issue that beginner coaches have, which is they want to try and give value all the time. I want you to be, you know, it's almost like chasing them around the, the room, metaphorically speaking. There's like, here's an idea, here's an idea, trying to give value. They want to jump in and they want to solve the problem without realizing that's not really the coach's job. The coach is to help the client solve the problem. Right? But they were thinking that might that was their responsibility. So people get very stressed, very worked up. But they were trying to solve the problem before they even fully understood the problem, which is a very dangerous assumption to jump in too early. Assumptions are, are very dangerous things. And as a mentor of mine always says, diagnosis before prognosis which is a great, great little phrase. First of all, you have to understand the world. You have to understand the whole, lots more of the context. You have to open that up with, with questions, move that focus around with questions. But I suppose it's also a thing around insecurity. They want to show what they know. They wanted to impress, which is natural because they're, they're starting out, they're a bit nervous, that kind of thing. They want to make sure the client feels that they're getting value, that they're receiving uh, something that's worthwhile. But what they didn't really understand was that the first thing in coaching is to help the other person just simply feel understood, feel that you're fully present and that you're listening to the words, that you're not distracted, that you're actually hearing them. And some people, it's, it's quite amazing, just being heard can have a profound effect that when people's questions, so when the coach's questions come up, they're exactly relevant to exactly what they've just said. Uh, continually ongoing throughout the duration of the session. Even that can have a huge impact. As I always used to say to them, all you have to do is essentially listen and trust yourself. And if they are more resourceful within themselves, at the end of the session than when they met you at the start, then it could be seen as a success. That was a big help to a lot of people. But this same idea of essentially the difference between chasing them around the room, trying to, here's value, here's value, you know, here's ideas, here's ideas, actually has that counteractive, uh, exactly the opposite effect than what you intended. I suppose in some ways it's also... Well, before that, even it's, it's needing to let the client come to you so that you're there and they essentially lean in. And when they choose to, when they're ready, they're essentially stepping into that coach zone rather than you chasing them. So it's a very different dynamic. And in some ways, that dynamic is also echoed in coaching versus consulting, 
where with consulting, you collect a lot of information, you get the findings, you put it through models and other whatnots uh, and add the value. And then you essentially give a report. This is in one model, you know, one way of doing things where it says, if you want this outcome, we would advise on our expertise to do this, these steps, take these actions. So it's very much that expert to non-expert, whereas the coaching, of course, should be, you know, adult to adult. We both have resources we're bringing to this, right? But it's also then an interesting echo when it comes uh, to coaching. I mean, coaching is that is all about teaching one to fish. It's not about talking down. It's, it's about helping people get that, as I say, that resources within them. But I wonder, is it similar with negotiations and sales? situations also because if you if you're too strong when you're trying to sell that can usually come across way off-putting you know it's like whoa too much too much you know too hard a sell it's uncomfortable people you you get the exact opposite reaction to the one that you're hoping for but also feigning in a negotiation situation feigning lack of interest Oh, I don't really care. Oh, I'm not really into it. Oh, take it or leave it. Can often backfire very badly. Send the other side go, oh, we went with this other crowd because you didn't seem to be that interested. Oh, you were interested. All right. Like I remember when I was an art dealer, sometimes people would come in and you could sort of see they really like this sort of painting. They're asking for this mad reduction. And then they go away and they come back a week later and the thing would be sold to someone else. And they'd say, oh, where is that painting? Oh, I really like that painting. So, oh, right, we could have held it for you for 48 hours, no problem, you know, this kind of thing, but you didn't seem to be that bothered. Oh, I was, I was. So they were, they were trying one of these strategies that might work in certain situations, but generally can backfire if you don't use them very wisely. So it's one of these things, as I said, where being in space trying to be genuine and authentic with what you're about, fully present and not trying too hard to give value can actually sometimes be the best way to give more genuine value to your clients or indeed to people you're entering business relationships with.